We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. One. Welcome, everyone. Yes. Terrible the, Reception Podcast. Terrible Reception Radio Show. Oh, shit. On 98.5. <laughs> Let's do that again. Ready? Welcome, everyone. Welcome, guys. <laughs> to the Terrible Reception Radio Show. Oh, yeah. 98.5. Power. 98.5. All right. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, Welcome yes make sure to hit the like subscribe leave a review all that good stuff on everything uh we're gonna dive right into it because we have a special guest today introduce yourself oh okay um <laughs> what's up everybody my name is a natural yes uh is where yeah. i put the hand claps <laughs> tell them what you do if they don't already know okay so i am a singer songwriter producer uh vocal arranger counselor cook friend a lot <laughs> i do a lot of stuff do you do do you do uh foot porn foot porn no i'm no. not a feet person no we just had this discussion in the studio the other night jay's like i want to start doing some foot porn um nah not foot porn foot photos because oh. there's there's a i thought you're gonna put like there's a, a little, market for it i thought you're gonna put like a little ring on your pinky toe you're like Ooh. oh no not like, on mine. Do, you, do you have like really pretty feet like <laughs> i have decent looking feet i have horrible feet yeah yeah i need to go get a pedicure as soon as possible my dad looks like he kicks bricks all day <laughs> <laughs> my dad too actually not think about it <laughs> <laughs> my dad has pretty feet oh yeah <laughs> the sick of the generation <laughs> <laughs> i just imagine like a unicorn like riding a rainbow over your dad's feet like oh <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> so you're okay. a man of many uh talents yes sometimes yes. too many mm. too many yeah, yeah. Uh, we can definitely relate on that one <laughs> it's funny like we, we we were talking about uh the juggernaut and like how like such a i mean it's like it's a character that's like sure he ends up being a bad guy but he's unstoppable and i feel like that's your persona like i feel like you're unstoppable like against all odds a natural is like could be burn burning alive in his comic book but he's still like laughing at the the industry like <laughs> i'm coming for your ass breaking through walls yes it took a long time to get there i'll say that much yeah yeah, yeah. because um, i almost didn't make it but mm -hmm. i think i'm i think i'm indestructible yeah you want to start from the beginning where did you get your superpowers oh from yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Well, since we're talking about my dad's feet, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all started. It all started there. No, like my my parents were both musicians. My my mom and my dad they met in church, mm. and um, they were in like a a, a small gospel band, um, and I guess that's where they fell in love. And mm. then uh, they had my sister, and then they had me. But uh, my mom was always singing and and uh, recording, and my dad was her producer. So I kind of mm. got it really from both of them. Like both parts of them kind of just absorbed into me. It's funny. You've had like the uh, pleasure of meeting both of your parents. And it's mm -hmm. funny when you meet each one, mm -hmm. one, you see the sides of why you are who you are. But you also like see like physically like you're, you're <laughs> mm -hmm. in your face. You're like, oh, that's the part of that from his dad. Yeah, and that's yeah. the part of that from his mom. Mm -hmm. And also in your music, like, again, everything that you said, you have that smooth jazz background. But you also have this gospel church riff. 
like every time that we listen to the layers of your music i feel like you definitely have that that vibe and i think that's what sets you apart from a lot of these people because it's organic i mean it's, it's definitely a combination of a lot mm. of influences um my my mom of course is big on jazz mm-hmm. my father was big on like um r&b soul um but they both loved a lot of different things like i when everybody else was outside playing, I was at home watching PBS, like watching Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and mm. learning about um, Sarah Vaughn and stuff like that. So my, my brain is all over the place. Mm. And even like studying classical in high school and college, like doing opera and everything, that's a lot going on up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is your favorite of all the talents you mentioned earlier? Wow. Outside of singing. Outside of singing would be yeah. writing. Mm. Ready. Um, I'm lying. Vocal arrangement. <laughs> okay. What do you enjoy about vocal arrangement? It comes quickly to me. Okay. Like it's it's like riding a bike. I never forget how to do it, and I can always come up with something. Do you enjoy the aspect that you're like? Is it from like you just like? Do you not really enjoy it, but you know you're so good at it by default that it's like okay, I enjoy this. Or do you enjoy it because it's like it gives you that same feeling when you're on stage or? I enjoy it when I'm working with somebody who appreciates it. Mm. And I enjoy it when I enjoy the music that I have to do it to. Gotcha. I don't enjoy it when, this is going to sound crazy, I don't enjoy it when I'm being paid for it. Mm. Mm. Because I know that I'm forcing myself to be creative for someone who it really doesn't come natural to. I feel that that's a juxtaposition in the artist field because I feel the same way about photography sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's that's an interesting perspective. Do you feel it's because when you're getting paid is typically an artist you wouldn't normally work with or don't necessarily enjoy? No. Um, when I'm getting paid to do it, and this is so candid, <laughs> when I'm getting paid to do it, it's typically for an artist that really shouldn't be singing in the first place. Mm. So I have to then... <laughs> we don't have tea. We have whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got wood. Um, but I literally have to tap into my own creativity that I would normally give to myself or other people that are just as creative. Okay. And 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 it's kind of like we 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 like you, we like what you do, mm-hmm. but we don't want to give you any opportunities for yourself. But come over here and I'll throw a check at you. Yeah. So you can make somebody else sound good. You know what? It's like money or currency really like it, it puts privilege into people's minds i would say mm-hmm. minds because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't exist in reality but you know that once they throw some cash at you they think it's like you have to do as i say yeah and uh you know that that's a big uh for a long time that was my life mm. and for a long time i accepted it as my life but once i left the former situation i was like i can't do that anymore yeah. like no shit i got a day job my, my bills are paid yeah. so throwing a check at me is not going to get me to just jump up and give you some vocals yeah. not yeah. anymore and they're not going to get the best of you right you know? mm-hmm. and that well that's that's kind of not true no oh you still put it because what happens is once i get into the throes of it mm-hmm. like i'm giving my best i don't know how not to mm-hmm. like another thing that I, I feel like we go through right like i feel like you do that right jay could be like all right they gave me three cents but i'm gonna still kill it yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? yeah. basically mm-hmm because yeah. you still got to go hard you know you, you you're being hired f- because of a certain quality mm-hmm. so somebody comes to you for a certain quality no matter how much they pay you you got to put out what yeah. you do you know what i mean exactly like you can half-ass it and be like oh they only paid me three cents so i'm gonna give them three cents of work but that doesn't come natural to us because my name is still on it right mm. exactly and 
regardless of if I like <clears throat> doing it or regardless if I'm getting paid or not, like I still have my own reputation to uphold. Right. That's very true. So, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That is true. I wanted to ask you, um, since you grew up in a family of artists, you know, mine might be different. I know my story, but I want to know your story on like, is it a supportive environment? Is it like, please don't take this road. It's been too hard. Become a lawyer. Like, what is that like? So my dad doesn't remember this story, but I remember having a conversation with him about wanting to do music. And he told me he didn't want me to do it mm-hmm. um, because he had seen the issues that he and my mom had to deal with, gotcha. with her career and bad deals and bad management and all that kind of stuff. And I guess he didn't want me to have to go through that. Um and surprising enough, I went through it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, there was, they were definitely supportive. It was just weird for me because I, I watched my parents, you know, do what they did. I watched them do shows and have to go out, you know, out of the country to do different things. And um, there was a time when my mom was gone and she was in London for like a couple of weeks, and it was just weird for me. Mm. Um, but I also knew that she was out there doing what she wanted to do, so. I had the support, but I would say it wasn't so much a case of like, okay, my parents are going to like, you know, put their house up for my career or nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still pretty much had to build everything myself. Mm. Um, they come out to shows, they come and support, they they definitely like, you know, blast the music and all that kind of stuff and tell their friends. But it wasn't a case of them literally doing things for me. Mm. It was them having already done them, me watching them and then just doing it on my own. Gotcha, mm. gotcha. Yeah. That's crazy. They led by example for me, basically. That's dope. Well, it's kind of like they know what's coming, but they're also like, hey, if you're willing to take it on the way we did, let's let's get it, you know? Because yeah. I know when I first met you, uh, I, you were working out of a studio. Mm-hmm. and uh, Took a drink right at the right point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, when I met you, you were at a studio and... Um, yeah after after i met you all these years you know you went into those uh stories of what the politics were um but when i first met you you always carried this uh essence of like a boss a very uh structured person Hmm. somebody that knew what they were speaking about and um i mean you still carry that to this day even me you know knowing more of your personal story your personal life um i think you come across very polished well versed and um talented in what you do like you said like in in any lane that you approach so um let let the people know just a little bit of like the non-glamorous parts of the industry that you've dealt with whether is as a singer singer songwriter an artist yourself like you know um i've always battled with uh doing the typical Hmm. uh adult things um like going you know graduating high school going to college getting a nice job getting your own place getting a car and all that kind of stuff like i just didn't do that um was that for yourself or someone else both okay yeah like there were expectations that people had of me Hmm. um within my family yeah and i just went a different way like there would be times where i would get a job and a music opportunity would come up and I would quit the job. Mm -hmm. And it happened so often to the point where it was like, okay, either you're going to be an adult and be be a grown up, Mm -hmm. or you can't live here anymore type of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, 
worked and I worked and I worked and I, and I actually wound up being a part of another company um, where I was able to do that. I didn't live with my parents anymore, but I was able to do my music full time. The only sacrifice was literally my freedom. That's an American thing too. Like, like parents say, like, always no sleep. Yeah, parents <laughs> always want you out by like like eighteen is this magic number. Like you and have see, your and life And it wasn't together. even that. It wasn't that they wanted me out by a certain number. It was just they wanted to know what I was going to do with my life. Gotcha. So that they knew that they didn't have to worry about me. Mm. And I think what happened was, you know, making that decision to just do music full time for them, just because you know finance finances are iffy oh, for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, they wanted to know that I was going to be taken care of. Gotcha. you know whether it was somebody else or whether it was me mm. and um it seemed good at the start but what most people didn't know during that time when i was with that other company mm -hmm. for about six years um i slept on the couch in that studio wow. every single day um when hurricane sandy hit i was there at the studio <laughs> <laughs> Damn. um like i literally would wake up in the morning and wash up in the bathroom sink uh, try to figure out if I was going to eat that day mm. if my business partners weren't supplying that for me. And my job was an owner in the company. It wasn't that mm. they were the bosses. They I was like, a boss. There was no mm. hire. That's why I right. said you, we you were, had that. They we had were that about equal you. partners. And yet nobody knew that I was literally chained to the desk and sleeping on the couch. Mm. So when people come in for sessions, they'd leave the <laughs> session and I'd still be there and I would literally just go to sleep hmm. um, like damn that's always here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boss. Yeah. And I, but you know what's funny is like I and I still have like recurring dreams about being back in that space because mm -hmm. I guess I was so connected to it, but I don't really regret it anymore. I, uh, when, I, when I first left, I was like, you know, fuck this shit, I'm done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but now I'm like, if I hadn't been through that six year period, I definitely would not be the producer that I am today. I definitely mm -hmm. would not be the artist that I am today or the vocal arranger or whatever you have, mm -hmm. especially the business person that I am today. Like I would not be that. Um, so I'm definitely grateful for that time, but I also know that I wouldn't wish it on anybody else because hmm. it was it was one of the most grueling times Rough. of my life. Yeah, mm -hmm. mm. like I, without going into detail, I almost did not see my thirtieth birthday. Oh, wow! Hmm. I I tried not to see my thirtieth birthday, and wow. um, hmm. yeah, didn't happen. Thank God, I'm still here. Yeah, thank God, because <laughs> you have like so much to give to this um, this world. You know what I'm saying? Like as an artist, um, like I said, if if we want to find tooth and comb. Any project you put out, um, again, I came into the picture um, as a supporter uh, at the end of like Over Ambitious, mm -hmm. Fat Boy, and I was able, I had the honor of like, it was one thing that kicked into me where I was like, yo, this guy is wavy, like his <laughs> whole, his whole vibe, his music is crazy, and it's like, who's not telling him like, I felt like, I don't know who was in your circle at the time, right? Because mm -hmm. I know, like, you keep a tight circle, but at the same time, I don't know. It was just something, like, I felt like you were, you didn't have yet in mm -hmm. the in the presentation part. And I was just like, yo, for what you have on the back end, we got to have these on the same, the same parallel. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing was, you know, I was always interested from your title, Overambitious Fat Boy, where give us a little more backstory on that is that taking something that somebody almost tried to make your weakness into something more of a strength is it like you just you came to the point you're like okay i'm going to accept 
that I'm heavy and that that's what they're going to use against me or something like that. I really want to know why you chose that title. Um, during the time that I was with that other company, um, mm-hmm. I started working with another company called Trackfire. And uh, it was two brothers and their cousin, Jers, um, who particularly I became very close with. And he and I worked on a lot of music together. Mm-hmm. Um, Jers was also a big dude. Okay. But Jers embodied like the kind of carefree, like, don't care attitude that I've always wanted to have. Okay. And as a bigger dude, you don't see bigger dudes do that, mm-hmm. where they feel or exude like being sexy and flirty or gotcha. just being wild and crazy and all that kind of stuff. I, I was very reserved. I and think the most we saw was like back in the 90s with Biggie, Big Pun, but they weren't R&B. I mean, you had yeah. Luther and but stuff like Luther that. But even Luther was still reserved and very like, you know, yeah, yeah. cool, mm-hmm. calm and collected, but you mm-hmm. didn't see anybody like just wilding out. Exactly. You know, um, and, and Jerry's just like, he would tell you that he was my biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And so he would encourage me to come out of my shell be the artist that I want to be, be the artist that he know that I could be. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jerry's wound up um, passing away and I started working on the project and I was like, this has to be the name of the project because mm-hmm. he embodied being an overambitious fat boy. Gotcha. <laughs> and Unfortunately, was, did he pass away due to health issues or was it some, well, I mean. He did. Okay. Um, it was health issues, but. What's so funny was he had always had health issues, but for some reason we always just thought Jersey was going to be here. Mm. Um, he had his kids. And, Sounds very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I fell in love with his family and, and his kids, and I actually wound up using his son um, in the video promo that I did for the album. Okay. Um, to kind of like, he was acting like my younger self type of thing. Gotcha. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure that it was done respectfully. So I even asked his mom like if it was okay. And she brought him to the shoot and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, he, he embodied that, that aspect. Um, and I tried to start exuding that. Mm. And when I would perform or when I would write, and, cause he always used to tell me that I was too safe. Mm-hmm. And you know he was the one that tried to pull me out of that. So that's really where the, that that title came from. Plus, it's also just a case of like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter, you know, what size you are. If you have a dream, go for your dream. Worry about changing the aesthetics later. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the the gift and the dream is the thing that can't wait. Gotcha. So worry about that first, and then change everything else later that you can. Gotcha. Yeah. You dropped that project when? That was twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Do you see a difference? Because technology changes really, mm-hmm. really fast. Do you see a difference between that project and the recent project that you dropped, The Ascension, um, as far as marketing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Hold on. No, no, you can keep going. going. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, technology-wise, as far as marketing, like, I, me and Lenny, my brother Lenny Harold, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later probably, mm-hmm. But um, he and I come from the school of recession-proof Beyonce videos. So. I, w- I always love this term that you use. <laughs> because Can you explain re- that real quick? Recession-proof <laughs> Beyonce videos. Yes. So okay. if you remember the B-Day album, this was the first time that she decided to do a music video for every single song in the project. Right. And these were the cheapest videos that you could ever see. Mm. Is that the one that included um, it was- the one on the uh, balcony? No, that was the that Beyonce was after, album. Right? Yeah, that was the mm-hmm. surprise album. Okay. This album was Kitty Cat, Freakin' Dress, um, oh, like Deja Vu, like okay. all 
like uh, all the older ones okay and you could tell they were recession proof because her mom was literally like making the dresses from the leftover fabric from the last video (laughs) (laughs) but they were dope i like that i like that you caught that though and and honestly i think that album came out during the recession (laughs) so that's why we started calling it recession proof because she was able to do such dope stuff Mm -hmm. with no budget okay and so we kind of just like adopted that mentality and everything that we did We, we were doing that in high school like for the talent show, we wanted to do the boy is mine, but switch it to the girl is mine. Mm. So instead of us just getting up on stage singing, like we got some VTech phones, we had a whole skit prepared and got extras and all that kind of stuff <laughs> with nobody's money, but we wound up winning the talent. That's show. what I love That's about dark. you guys too. Like if you guys like if you get to meet or uh, you know kick kick it with these guys. Yo, your dry humor is, you know what I'm saying? It's like, the best. It's the sarcasm best. on fleek. Yeah, sarcasm on fleek. I can fleek. never tell whether you guys are being serious yeah. or not. It was like, oh, that's okay. the gift. I know, I love it. I love it. But no, like that, that, that's always been a part of our MO. So with, with the first project, um, which I consider my first project because there's other projects outside of that, but um, that's my first R&B project, the Overambition, or the Chronicles of Overambitious Fat Boy. We did everything ourselves. So the photo shoots, the music videos, like everything we did with our own cameras, our own budget, with our own ideas. Um, but fast forward till now, like I have a nice job mm-hmm. <laughs> and it affords me the opportunity to put some more money behind the visuals, right. and the presentation that keeps us industry standard, yeah. mm-hmm. but still separates us out like, OK, these are still indie artists. So yeah, yeah. It's, it has the in- indie flair, but it's still a professional look. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we've always strived to do at any stage, but mm-hmm. definitely now, now more so than ever. Yeah, because content is like the most important thing now. Exactly, <laughs> especially visuals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with all the frustrations that kind of like come with, I have to work this nine to five. I have to put this money out. Mm-hmm. I have to pay rent. I have to make sure like my fam is good too. All these different things. Do you think that all those sacrifices amount to? Yes, I love being indie versus why the fuck am I not, you know, label driven. Yeah, like, you know, I I have never really wanted to be signed to a label. Okay, I had an opportunity to be signed to a label um, a few years back, Um, like all the way, like my music got to Sylvia Rome type of situation. Mm. But because of business, because of egos and because of just, you know, just horrible attitudes it fell through what was one of those situations because we speak to a lot of artists here like we've had hawk we've had reed uh who else we had we had yeah so all these artists i always ask the question like what was that moment or situation that you thought like this is going to change my life (laughs) when i was in tease williams house tease williams uh is a manager former manager of 3lw Mm. um did a lot of work with Kadar Massenberg from, um, I think that's Motown. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she was interested in the project that I was working on with Track Fire. And she had me come to her house and sing. Mm. And she told me to my face that Joe, the R&B singer Joe, yeah, Joe. Mm-hmm. needs to be worried. <laughs> wow. Damn. And I'm like, but Joe's a freaking legend. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but don't you love those moments? Like, even though the did, cameras yeah. are not rolling mm-hmm. and all that, you just know. Yeah, like I've had a couple of those moments. Like I'm like sitting with singer songwriters. So like we just came from a session with Swiss Beats and Pharrell, and you gave us 16 more tracks than they ever would. <laughs> and like people not there for those moments, but you know you you're on the right track. Like mm-hmm. when you hear those things from people that have been in it for a minute, you know. Yeah. 
It's a good confidence booster, I would say. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because, you know, what I've learned about the business is people will literally love you, but they will love you more than they tell you. Okay. And because they mm-hmm. don't tell you, you're left wondering for years if you're good enough. Wow. So they'll love you more than they tell you. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting that. perspective that we haven't. I mean, had I still find yet. that today where okay. there's people like I put a project out in January and nobody has said anything to me. Do you feel like it's <laughs> like I always feel like I don't know if it's just me, but like as artists, right? I always feel like there's like some Jedi looking at us like somebody's picking us from the mountains like I think he's ready. And it's like, <laughs> do you feel there's actual gatekeepers in this? Like, yes. OK. Yeah. And I, and I believe that you are the sum total of your experiences mm. and, and the things that God allows to happen for you sometimes can be results of your experiences. So um, the many people that I've worked with, yeah. I don't know who they know. Mm. And because of that, that could either bode well for me yeah. or it could bode badly for me, depending on how the situation went. Okay, I try to make sure that I work with integrity and that I'm nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some business deals that went sour. And based on how they went, that person could hate me mm-hmm. and try to block me. Or that person could be like, you know what? It's cool. He wasn't ready or we weren't ready. Let's just let him do the next. It's hard to try to, f- to find the fine median between being too good at what you do. And then you start becoming a threat because they know you could get the check too. Mm-hmm. And also being like, hey, I don't think he knows how good he is. Maybe we can milk the shit out of this situation. And that's one of the reasons why I never really wanted to be signed. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I'm still giving up my control for a check. And Mm -hmm. sometimes a check is just not worth it. Especially when I know that I wear all these hats that we talked about before. Like I wear so many hats. I don't necessarily need a label. So I can wear those hats not just for myself. I can wear them for other artists. Would you like to be a jack of all trades, a master of none, or a renaissance man? We had this discussion last time. I thought it'd be an interesting question to ask somebody outside of us. I would have to lean more towards jack of all trades, but I I would probably answer it differently and say I wouldn't be comfortable. Mm. (laughs) But that's honest. Mm -hmm. Because... Again, wearing all those hats, it's a lot of pressure to be all things to all people. And I've done that for so many years. Mm. And, you know, last year I recorded my very last outside session with another artist and I need a break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That doesn't mean that I will never do it again. Mm -hmm. It just means that for right now, I got to focus on me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that I'm a renaissance man, too. Like, I feel like I'm just good at Mm -hmm. what I do and somebody's going to like it. Somebody's going to want it at some point. Right. But um, for right now. I got to see this vision through mm-hmm. before I make the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how we feel. Like um, we had this conversation in the last episode and it's like, um, I don't like using the master of none because mm-hmm. it has a negative stigma to it. Mm-hmm. So when you say jack of all trades, um, that means you're really good at several things. Yeah. Renaissance man is a person that does many things. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, do you think that's a detriment to you? Because yes. uh, we, we often have this conversation where it's like, we feel like we're spreading ourselves thin mm. because we have to take care of everything. We do the videos, we do the writing, we do the producing, we do the videos, we mm. do the photos. So sometimes we feel like we can't focus on one particular thing. And even when we do start something, it's like we get sidetracked and have to take care of something else. Yeah, because you go to some studios <laughs> and they're like, you have to be able to rap. You have to be able to sing. I hope your dance moves are on crazy. And oh, uh, also, do you act? Mm-hmm. so it's like are you allowed mm-hmm. to just be a master now mm-hmm. it's even funny because we were at a studio the other day and they were like yo 
everything is dope your presentation like everything um musically is dope but there's something about your style that needs to kick it up a little bit and i'm like okay i mean i'll take that mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have said my music is trash but <laughs> yeah, yeah. so true. i know when i when i met with tease um one of the things that we were worried about was my look okay mm-hmm. and that i was worried about was my look mm-hmm. and when we asked her about it she was like no you don't have to change anything and mm-hmm. the label doesn't want you to change anything all we want to see is what your stage show is going to look like okay mm-hmm. um and i was like okay that's mm-hmm. a first like usually they would tell me we need to lose 50 pounds like by tomorrow yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. they didn't say that mm-hmm. and i guess that means that the music was so good they didn't care okay. they knew how to market it um but i also know that wearing so many hats has been a detriment to me mm-hmm. because some people don't want me to wear the certain hats mm-hmm. um having run a business having also run a studio and having the the engineering behind me and all that kind of stuff there's very little that i need anybody to do for me mm-hmm. you've cut out the middleman yeah yeah and some people don't want that they want to be the middleman right but my thing is I need you to be able to do more for me than I can do for myself so that you can be that middleman. If you mm-hmm. can't, we can't work because right. I don't feel like I'm going to be stagnant or it's not going to get done the mm-hmm. right way. Right. Um, so you, essentially somebody else has to be better at that particular thing than you exactly. or else you would do it yourself. Exactly. Right. And that's in any aspect. So like even when I would like go down to Atlanta, I only liked one engineer that they ever put me with, this guy named Luke. And he was the only person who had an engineer session better than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other sessions I was running myself. You know that's gold when you come across. Oh it, my though. god, yeah, it is. It's such a luxury. <laughs> I can just sit back and let somebody else press the buttons for a change. But and then you get to focus on just so yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get to focus mm-hmm. on the the best part mm-hmm. of yourself. Exactly. Because yeah. we've been doing that recently. We've been working with Alex, um, one of our good friends, and it's like we're so used to like sitting right there at that chair. Mm-hmm. with me or rich right next to us mm-hmm. one of us is pressing the space bar deleting clicking moving things around yep. and then we swap places <laughs> and it's like it's cool for one of us to just sit back and focus on the actual track that's not like, okay, you you're, you're like you're mm-hmm. like and then like this <laughs> hand comes out your stomach you're like all right press space bar. you're gonna do all this like i'm gonna write the song i mean but the thing about it is is like i i come from you know doing everything myself mm-hmm. yeah yeah um after watching my parents do, you know, whatever they did in the studio, like I would watch them intently and I would stay up and, and work on my little system, you know, my computer in my room and, and run the sessions the way that I saw them running sessions. Mm-hmm. So when I had my very first studio, you know, the you have the control room and you have the mic booth, I would literally press record, run to oh the my booth God. <laughs> and give myself enough of the track to lead in before I could start singing or whatever. Oh, and I would worst. do that for every vocal part. Wow. So Jesus. It went, once I had somebody to run my sessions for me, my God. Like, <laughs> Crazy. Don't you wish you would have had that iPad thing they have now where you could just run it from inside the booth? <laughs> but you know, I, I got that. I hate uh-huh. it. You never mm. use it, right? Yeah, I never yeah. used it. I, never I feel like it. that's one thing. Like, <laughs> it's cool to have, but somebody never uses it. It's exactly. like luxuries that we just can't stand with because it doesn't give us that same. Like, yeah, we. Right. This is how I know it. Exactly. Know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. it always has like its limitations too. It doesn't always do what you can do on an exactly. actual computer. You know, mm-hmm. so um so do you want to talk about what we talked off about off air the blog thing oh, that you shit. got into we don't have to if you don't want to but um, i feel like it was spicy enough to bring it well, up we can talk about it i mean i know that this conversation has been long drawn out so this is probably the last time i even have this conversation mm-hmm. this whole thing about r&b is dead mm-hmm. um number one as an r&b singer i resent that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because i'm out here i'm doing mm-hmm. this there's a ton of us that are out here doing this mm-hmm. but I understand 
why that sentiment is there. Um, is it coming from an instrumentation standpoint? No. Vocal standpoint? Yes. Okay. Mm. Do, they, so, do you think they mean it commercial-wise? Like, not on the radio type of thing? Because I, I can name you 10 artists off the top of my head that I listen to R&B-wise. I think that it's, it's, it encompasses some of that. But I think also it's literally for me, I'll just say for me, it's about the skill. The com- mm. it, It's like the, what commercial R&B has become. Not even that, though. Okay. I think it's it's running rampant in all genres, mm. um, not just R&B, but the actual skill of singing mm-hmm. is lost. Gotcha. Okay. And I think a lot of that has to do with American Idol. I think a lot of that has to do with all these different competition reality shows. Why American Idol? Because mm. American Idol was able to offer an opportunity to change someone's life based on doing them the least, hmm. which was standing in a line and hoping that whatever you might have done over the last few years as a singer would be good enough to put you on television. Hmm. Interesting. But you don't see the grind that these artists have done since high school, being in their college choirs and all that kind of stuff and learning the actual skill of singing. Yeah. Hmm. Because if you go back to classical music days you couldn't get on a stage unless someone thought you were good enough as a singer the apollo showed you that like the apollo was savage they would boo you right off that stage you could be a four-year-old they (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and that's the thing because nobody was ever telling anybody wait no you need to go back and learn a few things first okay everything was always like oh it's okay don't let anyone tear you down don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it and that's cool in certain aspects but if you haven't put in the work then don't expect the reward. So music's become fourth tro- fourth place type of thing. Like, okay, everybody's got to be. trophy type yeah, of parts thing. Of, yeah. Because I can't even say it's about really the industry because the industry was still putting out good singers. Mm-hmm. But I think what happened was people found a way to get the rewards quicker. Yeah, yeah. And skipping a lot of steps. So for someone like me who's put in the work and then has to now work for other artists who haven't put in the work, it's like, okay, for every one of me, there's mm-hmm. 15 other artists that are out here trying to sing that have no idea what they're doing. See, it's, it's one of those things, right? We're in the studio last night, right? I like melodies. I like to do my version of quote-unquote singing. I'm not trained, whatever, whatever. I end up doing very moody music with Jay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, call it, it, I call it Mike Posner singing. Mike Posner oh, singing. It's like you know controlled whispering. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's controlled yeah. whispering. You know how you were like, okay, looks don't matter. If there's an energy in the music, right? If somebody's like, yo, not a lot of people can tell the difference between a good photo and a bad photo. They're just like, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like it's one of those things? Like, is that why it's fair game? Because we live in a world that some some people know what quote unquote quality is. Somebody can tell the difference between a 12 year old whiskey and a seven year old whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Other people are just like, I like this or I don't. So I think we've entered that world where, again, we have participation trophies, but we also have free range because nothing matters anymore. Which is the truth, but there's two things that I would have to address. Okay. Number one, music is probably one of the most powerful energies in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I want someone skillful wielding that power. Okay. And because of that, number two, Music is also, and more so the arts, but really music mm-hmm. is the only thing that you don't have to be certified to do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you get anybody that's that feels inclined to do music doing music. Gotcha. And now wielding that power irresponsibly. So what about like Janet Jackson, right? Janet Jackson's not the best singer in the world, mm-hmm. but she goes back 
into history as one of the best to do it. She's an artist. She's an okay. Janet yeah. Jackson is mm-hmm. an entertainer, an amazing artist, mm-hmm. and when she feels like singing, she does. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing writer, producer, everything. Mm-hmm. So I'll never take that away from her. Yeah. Um, but for those of us that are calling ourselves singers, okay. specifically singers, we have to be careful about that because if we're not really singing, then what are we doing? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's like saying I'm a chiropractor, but just because, you know, I crack people's backs in the gym doesn't mean I'm certified. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. But even still, you still have to be certified to do that work. Right. Like singing, you can win Grammys and not actually be good at what you do. But if you're popular, you're going to win a Grammy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so where and I always liken it to basketball, like they make something called Michael Jordan. So if you call him the greatest, why would you be satisfied sitting on the bench? Hmm. when you know that you can aspire to be Michael J- Michael Jordan. Hmm. So with music, it's like, yeah, it's cool because you can get on real quick if you got a dope song for TikTok. Mm-hmm. But why not? Why would you not want to be the best singer in the world? Yeah. Right. Why would you not want to be the best artist that you can be instead mm-hmm. of just being something quick? Now, I sound old no, 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 <laughs> and cratchety, but no. that's just what... Because we're talking about art too. So like yeah. everybody's always like, it's up for interpretation. It's, up, mm-hmm. it's, it's an opinion and this and this mm-hmm. and that. And Gary V... You know, one thing he'll say is like, oh, talent is whatever somebody perceives or quality is whatever something somebody perceives as it. So if it's like, you know, an 8-bit resolution, like video, it doesn't look so good, but like you can tell it's funny and it's going viral. Mm-hmm. That's the day and the age that we live in. And I'm not agreeing that that's like great, mm-hmm. but it's just weird because it's like we've made so many lanes for people to be accepted and rejoiced and this and that. So now it's like, are we like, you know, slapping ourselves on the wrist for making mm-hmm. too many lanes? No, I think what it is is that we have to redefine what we want. Okay. I always tell people, especially when it comes to independent artists, mm-hmm. that you have to decide on what your path is going to be first. Okay. So you know what to expect and know what comes with it. So I always say first, if you're doing music for yourself mm-hmm. and just for the enjoyment of music, understand that you're probably not going to get support and you're mm-hmm. probably not going to make any money. If you're doing music for your friends and family, let them pay for your sessions. Okay. <laughs> um, if you are doing music, you heard because, that. You heard that family. <laughs> yeah, that so mom like, and dad. <laughs> yeah, but like if, if if they think, oh, my baby sings so nice, well then pay for your baby session. True. Mm-hmm. You know. But then if you're doing, <laughs> is that dry humor <laughs> I'm talking funny. about? <laughs> but if you're doing music because you're trying to be heard by the masses and you want to be a star, then number one, it's going to take a long time. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work you have to put in. Somewhere along the line that notion has changed because of the accessibility that we have in the industry now so would you say be careful more of your title because like if somebody chooses like i'm a singer Mm -hmm. then it's like make sure you can wear them pants or those shoes yeah because i will sing you under the table Mm -hmm. like if you and and that's not me being cocky that's me just telling the truth like i work to be as good as i am yeah if it's if it's strongman competition you know you can live and and i've had somebody do that to me before okay in the studio they came to the studio oh wow you guys had that making of the band sing off no not even not even i wish it was a reality show where they had the cuts like you turn around in the chair like oh you showed up let's like now you go (laughs) no no this this person he will remain remain nameless Mm. but he came into the studio is it popular no Uh, (laughs) well we know who it is no oh, damn it. no <laughs> but but he came in and he had a lot of money hmm. and he wanted us to create songs for him okay and so we did but because i'm the person that does all the creating mm. i pretty much was calling the shots on the arrangements and all that kind of stuff 
he decided that he wanted to talk about me behind my back and uh, was like, you know, I don't understand where Anat is getting this from. Like, I can sing him under the table. And uh, I'm like, if I could show you the befores of your session, then we can have this conversation. I just imagine you like riffing and this person's having an aneurysm on the floor. Like, do you want more of this? And you're just singing them <laughs> to death. Like, like, they're falling under the table. That's real. the crazy part is that they literally tried me. <laughs> wow. and, and I'm like, but I know what you actually sound like before this melodyne and before this auto tune. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really want to do this? So you're the Steven Seagal of music where you're like, you don't want to do that. Just cracking necks. <laughs> and then when they do come in, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's do Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Yeah. Steven Seagal's a little different. Place. That's something when you guys have in common. It's a good visual. It's always Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And he's a, he's a Trump supporter. It's a movie reference. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, no, no. Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, 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 no. No, Steven Seagal. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme just died to me right now. <laughs> he's like, Jake, no. No, no, no. Um, but no, I mean, and, 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 and let me not get it twisted. Like, I love a good vibe i thought you were gonna say I, trump i was like no, where no, are we no, going no, no, no. Love trump. <laughs> no. I, I love i love a good vibe i love certain music that is out that just yeah. has that that feel to it so i love the janae aikos i love the snow allegras i know i love you know mm-hmm. the the Jay loves snow <laughs> yes i do yeah and, and it's cool and there's a time and a place for that but i don't like the fact that this world has turned into a place where there's only space for Janae Aiko and, and Summer Walker, mm. but there's no space for Fantasia and Jasmine Sullivan. See, I always thought Summer mm. Walker was a dope vocalist. I have thoughts about Summer Walker that I'm going to keep to myself. Okay. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get spicy again. Because yeah. she sounds amazing on a record. Yeah, yeah. But I think her persona okay. overshadows her talent at yeah. this point. Okay. I think that's going to be the downfall. her downfall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just her. Well, I'm missing miss old school Usher. If I have to say mm-hmm. anything, like I like how he approached the dance records. The last record that I really like where he kind of went left with it was Climax. Mm-hmm. Climax was an incredible record. Yes. But anything after that, like I don't feel like it's like the Timberlands of the world. We come from the era where we like we grew up listening to Usher, Timberland. We saw people that are iconic in their prime. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a world where they also it doesn't matter. They had this whole legacy behind them. But they also have to conform. And I don't think it's their fault. It's not. But it's it's still like the radio runs a lot. The radio makes sure that it's making you do what it needs or wants. Cause See, it's, I don't even know if that's the case. I think like when Usher flipped the script, mm-hmm. it was Usher, it was Chris Brown. They were doing a lot of EDM stuff. Neo started doing some EDM stuff. And we were here for it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was cool with it. And it's almost, and I hate to bring race into it, but okay. it's almost like whenever... A black artist decides to jump out of the typical box of R&B and do something mm-hmm. different, then the world doesn't know how to handle it. Because they, they expect them to just be Motown soul. Well, not even that. I think they didn't expect it to be good. Ah, mm. okay. And because it was so good, the artists that normally do that decided, oh, well, there's an opening right now in R&B, so let me see if I can do what they do mm-hmm. and get some clout. And that's how you get the Justin, Be- uh, Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake to the world. Gotcha. So we were so busy conquering EDM and pop music that we forgot to close that gate. It's weird. Like, I don't <laughs> want to put Justin Timberlake next to Justin Bieber because I actually feel like Justin Timberlake like has swag. Well, Justin Timberlake was the main culprit. Yeah. Can, Justin- I, can I ask, <laughs> and I've been wanting to ask somebody, what is everyone's beef with Justin Timberlake? Janet Jackson. Uh, the the movie thing? The yeah. not speaking up. Or for, not even for not speaking up, but for writing a song with Timberland and Lily Furtado coming at Janet Jackson and Prince. 
after oh. he left her out there to dry and has been appropriating black music since his inception. Mm. Interesting. So damn the ramen noodle being, <laughs> being a, a white artist who does R and B and everybody in your warehouse is black. Mm-hmm. How dare you leave a black woman out to dry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna come at you every single time you do something. Uh, and I love Justin Timberlake. So do I. That's why <laughs> and, like it pains me when everybody's like, "Oh, fuck you, Justin yeah. Timberlake." I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> and I even like some of the songs off of Man in the Woods. Mm-hmm. But I hated that. Album. I will never pay him money. <laughs> well, I'll never pay for anything. Mm-hmm. I'll never like until he actually fesses up to it, and he's still doing it. I just saw something today where him, SZA, and 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 Anderson Pack were on the Ellen Show. Mm-hmm. She asked SZA a question, and he decides to answer. Mm. and it's like enacting you know aave Mm. and it's like bro you're not black Mm. you never will be and you might want to be and Mm. you might got a pass from timberland and neptunes but you're still not black Mm. don't talk over this black woman when you have a history of doing this Mm. interesting (laughs) so do you think he would have done it if it was a white artist no interesting actually no because he he shit on britney spears too okay royally yeah so he might okay that's good yeah. to know okay sorry the Jay. more the sorry jc i can't love you anymore <laughs> the more you but know no, the thing about it is is i will play that first album i don't remember the name of it the 2020 experience is i my play shit, the 2020 man. experience i play uh future sex love sounds is Ooh, amazing start to finish shit. where's danger hands danger danger is doing his own thing now too outside of timberland but, love danger hands but yeah i mean and and I had a conversation on Twitter with a, a site that will not be named. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not like me using the term blue-eyed soul. Okay. And Which I got a whole lot of. Can you, tell us the, can you tell us the history behind it? Because I still can't understand why that's, that sounds so beautiful. So the, blue-eyed, you have the such history, a blue-eyed soul. Thank you. <laughs> the history of blue-eyed soul. And the only reason why I can speak to this is because I studied it in college. Like okay. I studied American pop music. Um, blue-eyed soul came to be, and I'm telling this loosely, but. It sounds like my disco name. <laughs> blue-eyed soul ladies Sounds and like the genre you do when you do your mic i mean singing. your your handle is blue-eyed benetton there, there you go so i don't know change it now yeah, I know. <laughs> is it too much on the verge of like some uh no okay nobody cares cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now like it, it basically came from the, the concept of when black artists would put out music then it wouldn't be able to be played on the radio because segregation was still a big thing so they and gave it to justin timberlake no they gave it to elvis, elvis. Oh. yes damn it elvis and there was a lot of people who did not eat because of that mm. one of them being little richard and one one a very little known I fact hear about that actually a very little known fact is that before michael jackson died he was actually taking care of little richard financially wow like he was putting money in his Whoa. bank account making sure that he was taken care of so wait yeah michael jackson died before little is little richard still alive little richard's still alive Holy shit. Where wow. the hell has he been? He's been minding his business. Oh, I'm thinking about James Brown. <laughs> James Brown's dead. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and it wasn't just um, Little Richard. It was a, a, a quite a few different black artists from back in the day that Michael Jackson was actually funding their livelihoods wow. because they weren't taken care of by their labels back mm. in the day. So when you have black artists that are creating these sounds, but it's white artists who are getting the credit for it. Mm-hmm. You know that developed the whole blue-eyed soul thing so you would start to see more white artists doing um r&b or blues or, or whatever and so if you come back to like the 70s and the 80s and 90s and you have people like the bgs you have people like um what's the man's name i can't think of his name i'm a beater up and over 
what is his name? Michael McDonald. Yes. Michael no, McDonald. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, just keep going. <laughs> just keep doing it. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey. I'm a beater. Yeah, like, but he's considered blue-eyed soul. Justin Timberlake is considered blue-eyed soul. Do you and, feel like as a as a black artist in America, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's not like again, we like to get in our conspiracy bag. Are they taking away all the best because under the same context it was blue white soul? They don't want these icons to live forever? No, I think it's about control. But I I'm think, saying, like, do you do you think these people like do you think artists like Michael Jackson and Prince really passed away on their own or is it like Oh no, they, they all got killed. Okay. Every single last one of them. Gotcha. Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse. All of them. Gotcha. And and if you notice, with most of these people, it was when they either were just getting sober mm-hmm. or when they had a financial stake yeah. in, in their own careers um, and were trying to take control back from the labels. That's when they all died. Gotcha. So some of it has to do with race because the powers that be, unfortunately, are still all white. Um, in America. In America, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's like when once you see someone who has some stature, you know, if you go back to like civil rights movement, you, they call it the Messiah complex. That's why they killed Martin Luther King, and that's why they killed Malcolm X. Um, you can't have someone come out here and try to save the black community, or better the black community, or put the black community in a better light. The complexities mm. are so deeply rooted yeah. over here. Hmm. Yeah, America kind of sucks yeah. <laughs> when it comes to race. Yeah. Would you um, say that's also like a peace thing too? What do you mean? Like in take that same concept that you just threw out there and apply that to the john lennon like john lennon was all about peace and oh, yeah. he was murdered yeah but yeah. He, he's white yeah but again <laughs> it's anyone who was trying to buck the system mm. it's just that we have a history of doing it frequently with black people mm. um i think that's one of the reasons why bernie sanders is probably not gonna be the nominee right now yeah, yeah is because not. he's bucking the system you know what he is he ends up being a dirty term for a lot of people and uh you know socialism is a dirty term in mm-hmm. america mm-hmm. so I feel because he's like one of those few people that the government can't actually control. Exactly. He's the wild card. We got Joe Biden who's out here looking like a men in black robot, alien robot. They always go with the weird ones. I'm like, does nobody see you? Joe Biden is a Democratic Republican. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the way to explain it. He's a familiar face. He's, his politics are familiar, so that's why he's going to get the nomination. Did you hear about the thing where he's like, oh, a little girl was in the pool, and she sat on my legs, and she liked the prickliness? He's always really creepy. But every so single creepy. politician is creepy, in a sense, except so for Obama. <laughs> Obama's and, just cool I mean, as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't... He, like, he was, like, the only scandal-free president. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, I mean... What about the part that where they're saying, like, Michelle is actually trans? That's a rumor. Mm. Yeah, that's... They say a lot about, about a lot of black women, especially Serena Williams. Yeah, I did hear that one. Sierra yeah. was popular back yep. in the day when I was in high school. Like, just, was, it's just conspiracy <laughs> that I don't know what anybody else. But is again, that's about. the trope of you can't put a black woman in a good light either. Uh, mm. So it's almost like let me find something wrong with her because there's got to be something wrong with her. Right. They've been trying to find something wrong with Beyonce for years and they just cannot find it mm. at all. So she just comes out of it like the phoenix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single album even better. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about this Corona thing? Because <laughs> um, it could mess up the vocal cords. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Um, well, you do you want to talk about like your whole little <laughs> idea that you said you wanted to do, or well, do you want to save that for I'll when you actually it. do it? I'll save it for when I actually do it because I don't want anybody stealing. Because okay. that's that's been happening lately yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh. Um, but I think I think that on one sense it's definitely serious, mm-hmm. and I don't think 
we've in our generation never experienced anything like this before mm-hmm. um but on the other end i also think it's definitely a money grab for corporations and politicians because they're hyping it up way more than it needs to be yeah, yeah. if you really look at the numbers there's way more things that are killing us every single day mm-hmm. than this so that does not mean to not wash your hands or your ass and stop touching your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I heard it's like, well, my thing is the health care thing mm-hmm. where it's like, um, you know, impoverished neighborhood can't afford health care. So they're going to be forced to either deal with it or actually show up to a clinic or a hospital where then they are indebted to. But, but think about it though think about it though impoverished neighborhoods have been suffering for how long this is nothing new to us mm-hmm. right you know i'm sitting at home like okay this is cool and all but did they ever fix Nork's water crisis mm-hmm. they still haven't fixed flint's Flint, water crisis yeah. mm-hmm. um there's still police brutality that, right. that's not being reported on right now mm-hmm. because everybody's talking about the coronavirus they're saying the yeah. vaccine is either going to be taxed because of the bracket <clears throat> that you live in mm-hmm. or the insurance that you have and it's going to be mandatory I don't know how people feel about that, but I don't feel. I'm not not feeling. I don't think think it's mandatory. If you if you believe in the movie Contagion, they did mandatory vaccines, and if you could not get a vaccine, then you pretty much just died, and they they burned your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if the Holocaust happened, I think anything's possible. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, this country has done Stranger Things, so Mm -hmm. yeah, aka Stranger Things. Ready for that new season? (laughs) Exactly. I was gonna Uh, say Stranger (laughs) Things, the the show. I I did find a life life hack on Twitter. Okay. Um, They did say that the test for coronavirus is like stupid expensive here in the u.s so they said to why buy, wouldn't it be to bypass that instead of going to a hospital go donate blood and i did you, i did hear about that and when you donate blood they have to mandatory test your blood for That's any kind of sicknesses and stuff like that so yeah. that is pretty smart yeah boom it's so funny though my job because i still have a day job i just hope um, they don't find you dead tomorrow well no we were supposed they were no supposed shit. to be doing a blood drive i think this week yeah <laughs> they're supposed to be doing a blood drive at my job this week but they've already sent everybody home okay from work, so. oh damn did they do they did that at work like you have to stay home now yep for how long uh indefinitely for the next few weeks until they say something else that's so crazy yeah i'm surprised like the schools haven't shut down yet they are shutting down as we speak yeah, yeah. i have a friend or well, co-worker um that just talked about jersey city and how they're about to um close all the schools there because i think one of the kids got sick Wow. something like that so. oh no because yeah same thing with william patterson right i was in the i was in the uber yesterday and we're actually picking up a girl from william patterson she's on the phone with her family and then gets on the school saying like hey you know they they stopped the season early sound yeah. like the nba I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. sure. Rutgers is shut down now yeah. there was a whole thing about harvard how they sent everybody home and there was some people that had no homes to go to mm-hmm. but i still don't get where the panic is coming from because honestly we know the severity of the coronavirus in the sense of how it's treatable the percentage rate of if you don't have a pre-existing condition like say you have a collapsed lung or you've had really bad pneumonia in the past six months or something like that mm-hmm. or you know can I, be, can I be real yeah the panic is coming from the fact that people are nasty yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and it. because people are nasty mm-hmm. we don't know who hasn't been washing their hands yeah, right we don't know who's been touching everything but then and, you see the you see you these know? ladies with like masks but they're mm-hmm. they're putting their life on the line to get their hair done. Yeah, it's like was is this really gotta, you want to look good? Got to look good in the living room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's a history <laughs> of laziness that our country is 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 known for. Okay, you go to other countries, and I just I just um, saw a post from my guy Tazio. He's a songwriter. He's over in um, I think Sri Lanka or something like that. One of those, mm. one of the Asian countries or something like that. And he is saying that the 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 methods that they're taking over there 
are methods that they've always taken. Okay. So if you go to a show, they're just simply testing your temperature when you walk in. Yeah. If you don't have a fever, go enjoy your show. Yeah. If you have a fever, you can't come in here and enjoy the show. Right. Yeah. There's no need to put bans on flights yeah, yeah. if you do what you're supposed to do. I think there's reasonable precautions that people should be taking, but things get so like out of hand and hyped here mm-hmm. because it's like media driven. Exactly. I think that's the Absolutely. same reason why Trump is in office because he knew, yeah, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. it's ratings. He mm-hmm. said it himself. Yeah. You know, so it's like everything is a rating here. And and even just to bring it back to the music thing, like the reason why that type of singing, that that controlled whisper, as you say, (laughs) is the thing now Mm -hmm. is because that's cool. Mm. It's it's marketable Mm. because that's what everybody's into right now. So I call myself the blue eyed whisperer. Please don't. Please don't. I'm just looking for this. Call name. yourself Blue Eyed Willie. Blue Eyed Willie. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. No. Listen. All, <laughs> back to the drawing board. Listen. Yeah. This message goes out to Lauren Ashley, James Foster, Ooh, Glenn Adams. My government? Though? Yes. Shit. And Glenn Adams. Sounds oh like you're God. in trouble. Okay. <laughs> Take me out of the Whisper League into the semi. I'm part of the chorus team now. <laughs> you got a few more classes. I know. <laughs> I know. But no, like everything is cool now. Like yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been learning lately that like Instagram has made it so that everyone just wants to take a picture. Mm. They don't care what you do. They don't care what you sound like. But if you look marketable, if you look cool, if you mm. look sexy to somebody else, they want a picture of that mm-hmm. or they want a picture with someone like that. And mm-hmm. that gives them clout. It makes them feel better you know, about themselves. Yeah. Whereas Twitter is about what you think. Mm-hmm. And even though it's very problematic and you can get in trouble for saying things like I did today, mm. um, <laughs> You know, at least there's a bit more realness there. I love Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Twitter has been giving me a lot of life for the last mm-hmm. f- few weeks, and I'm and I say life in the aspect of my music life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I found way more support on Twitter than I've, I think I've ever really found on on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, my most liked picture on Instagram is not even about me. Okay. It's about a picture that I took with somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on Twitter, I've been getting follows. I've been finding new artists and all that kind of stuff. It's funny and, how like there's certain lanes for certain artists that really work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, and I feel like I found my foothold um, when it comes to that. But again, it's all about being cool. Mm-hmm. So when you say that we're you know basing a lot of things on ratings, mm-hmm. people are getting signed based on how many likes they have on a post. Mm-hmm. People are getting signed based off of how many followers they have on Instagram. I've seen it happen with Wilhelmina. Mm-hmm. I've seen it with some of the biggest agency model agencies in the world. You're like, you're what? Like, yeah. no, how? How did this happen? We've and seen I'm not saying they're ugly. Yeah, I'm not saying they're ugly girls or ugly gentlemen or whatever like that. It's just data. We've seen it with ourselves because yeah. we have this distribution deal and it's like the first thing is oh what do your spotify numbers look like (laughs) we can't put anything behind you unless your spotify numbers get Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. it's like what's the point of a distribution company then (laughs) and it's funny the perception from because like instagram's looking at us like oh you're with uh, sony distribution Mm -hmm. and you've worked with these artists so now we're giving you the blue check based off of that Mm -hmm. and then but sony's disregarding us because we're not you know yeah we're not hundreds of thousands of uh it's all about numbers. every month it's literally all about numbers it's the reality and, of it and, mm-hmm. and and i'll be honest like i struggle with it because mm-hmm. like i said earlier like i put this album out and i haven't had the biggest response yeah from <clears throat> who i think i should be getting the response from right and there is a response but i'm looking for a different kind of response and you know 
every other day you might catch me like really really happy mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the next day you'll catch me like really upset like oh my god nobody's listening to this project yeah. now i won't know until next month when i get those reports back yeah. from yeah, yeah. from Suncor. this is why we say in france like you have to live la, la vie artiste mm-hmm. like you have to live the artist life because sometimes you'll end up being like a mozart mm-hmm. like you might not even be here to witness your fame greatness yeah. your greatness where down the line somebody's going to come across these projects even if they're sampling them or whatever the case may be somebody's going to find greatness because it is it is what it is you cannot take away that your music isn't great or whatever like that it's mm-hmm. like everything you've put together has been phenomenal thus far but it's just we like you said you came in today when we were off air and you said these are weird times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's not you can't gauge anything yeah. it's an ever-changing lock and i and think that's why you have to and like I said, I struggle with it, mm-hmm. but that is why you literally have to be confident in yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you are a whisper singer, be the best damn whisper singer you can possibly be because mm-hmm. that's your shit, that's your lane. Right. But if you want to go for blood, then go for blood. Mm-hmm. Like I literally had to tell myself like, you're okay mm-hmm. because you do this. You're good at this. You don't need anyone else's approval. Right. You don't need a thousand followers. You don't need a thousand people to like your stuff. Like just, if you like it, you like it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think I'm at the point now in my career where I can be cool mm-hmm. with all that. What's your biggest nightmare, though? Like, is it because I think sometimes I don't know, as I've gotten older within the within the game, quote unquote, sometimes I enjoy that I'm not as big because people like Justin Timberlake have mm-hmm. to dress up as Cookie Monster <laughs> and go to Comic-Con to feel like a regular person where we have our freedoms. We can still go to the mall and kick it with our friends, mm-hmm. put out dope records that people still recognize us for. Like, so mm-hmm. what's the better deal? Or like, again, like what's your, what's your dream like situation and what's your nightmare? Like what's a fear that really goes through your mind as an artist right now at your age or whatever the case may be like. Right now I don't have fear. Okay, that's good. Um, And it's not because I think I'm impervious Mm -hmm. to anything happening, but it's because I made a decision a long time ago that I just don't care. Do you have any concerns? Concerns? I mean, on a business level, yeah. Like, I want to be able to make my money back that I spent on this project. So if I had the right numbers, if I had all the shows being booked and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, I'd feel like this was for something, financially speaking. Have you ever sold merch? Um. Yes and no. Okay. Because it's funny enough. I know even from our end, sometimes yeah. when you think about you're selling a hoodie or a t-shirt mm-hmm. based off of your album cover, whatever, you're still getting even more of the same amount that you would selling from an album. But I want somebody to like me for my music and not my sweatshirt. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So as much as I know that I probably need to sell merch, and I know yeah. that today's day and age, we need to have that in mm-hmm. addition to the music. I'm 36 years old. I just really don't care. <laughs> Do you think maybe that would be... Because the way I see it is you're a walking billboard mm-hmm. if you have merch. Like, I try to wear this as much as possible. We yeah. have it tattooed on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Where uh, eventually, or periodically, I have people ask me questions all the time. Like, hey, what's that? Mm-hmm. Or what's that on your arm? Um, and that opens up the conversation like, oh, this is the, the logo for my music company. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I make music and I do photography. This mm-hmm. is what the logo looks like. I think that people do things, and not saying you guys, but I think people do things where they are. Okay. Um, or they do things because of where they are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, I have never sung in another state outside of the East Coast. Like I've sung in Jersey, Connecticut, New York, PA, Atlanta. But I've, nobody's ever heard me sing in California. Are you going to call it me. Summer Walker Syndrome? No, no, no. Because 
there's a difference. Okay. Like, I want to sing it for people. <laughs> like she doesn't want to. I actually want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I probably need to do merch in this area for the people that don't know me, mm-hmm. because yeah. then they would be like, oh, what's the A natural sign mean, or what's the Fox logo mean, or whatever. Like that would be cool for this area. But there's still a whole demographic of people outside of here that have mm-hmm. no idea who I am. It's mm-hmm. brand new to and them. And a shirt is not going to do it for them. They okay. got to hear the music. I see. You know, so once I and that would. I, that's not a fear that I have. Mm-hmm. It's, I guess, just a concern that I have. Like you said, like I'm concerned about how far my reach will actually be. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your I, thoughts on like someone like Bryson Tiller mm-hmm. that like was in a bad situation, did the music, now he can support his daughter, but he was too anxiety driven for interviews or being seen in music videos. Then he finally showed up in a couple because it worked in his favor. And now he still doesn't want to like think about working everything you've gone through as an artist mm-hmm. the studio situation um the shows the disappointments and then you finally get this platform and then you're just like i don't know if i want to do this or i don't know if i want to be seen anymore the difference for me is that like i said i, I made a decision a long time ago about not just who i want to be as an artist mm-hmm. but i've embraced what i will call the call that god has on my life like i know what my responsibility is on mm-hmm. this planet and it actually supersedes just being a singer gotcha it supersedes just doing music i know that there's something that i'm supposed to do say and present that is a direct connection from people to god what about mm-hmm. a little richard situation where you're a little richer mm-hmm. incredible artist mm-hmm. world renowned and then it's like you end up in a position where another artist has to take care of you because you got to lay low. It's or... a little bit different because Little Richard signed a, a deal. Gotcha. And is the result of that deal. Gotcha. I have not signed any deals. Mm. So the only person that I would have to blame for my, you know, demise would be me. Okay. Right. But what if, even if that happened, right? <clears throat> Say your demise, like for some reason, just like now you have great music, mm. but you can't keep up with the market. I'm good. You're good. Because, again, I'm not just a singer. Gotcha. I'll always have a way to make music. Hmm. And if even if I stop making music, I still know that there's other things that I can do. Like, I'm a dope-ass writer. Yeah, yeah. I love writing things. Sometimes my writing gets me in trouble. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love writing. Like, if I didn't go to school for music, I would have went to school for journalism. Gotcha. Because that's just the type of thing that I love to do. I love writing research papers. I love writing, you know, articles. Mm-hmm. Um stuff like that so i'm always going to be able to do something mm. there's always something else that god will give me that will allow me to make room for my gift like neo i felt like was gifted with the talent of writing for both men and women mm-hmm. and um i feel like do you feel like everybody can do that or that's just something that i mean if, they, if you want to i mean i've done tons of female references mm-hmm. written tons of songs for females um a lot of songs for males didn't get placed because for whatever reason for whatever reason um but a lot of songs for females either got placed or recorded because i don't know i just i guess i know how to tap into it like i get my singing voice from my mother so if that kind of makes it make sense gotcha you know i i kind of can tap into the female sensitivity of of a vocal so okay let's talk about your project then okay We'll finish up with the project because we got about maybe 15 20 minutes this is before a we conversation up. by the way like, i know I'm, man. I'm loving all of this. <laughs> we always try to like have a conversation and it's perfect because we didn't have anything written down we were just okay. bouncing off each yeah. other which yeah. is great um and we're trying to work on like the the way we present certain questions and because mm-hmm. sometimes he'll ask a question i'm like yeah, that's a really good question i have one in the back of my head and i f- completely forget <laughs> about it so uh we're yeah. still trying to get in the groove of like having people uh as guests but um yeah. 
we also want to promote you as well because uh, you made the time to come over here yeah. um this is where jersey comes together like yes. this, this is the one of those things where like we're gonna sneak the pill in the applesauce mm-hmm. even if you're against like coming, oh no this know? is how you support other artists yeah mm-hmm. this is how you do it if you have a platform yeah. you present that platform and you provide it for mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. i love this mm-hmm. i'm here for it and i tell people all the time like we don't have a ton of followers but we have a decent like following mm-hmm. which consistently come back every week now that we're putting out more consistent uh product out um so even if it's just one new follow or one new spotify listener um you know we've done our job exactly same thing about your music i think when the world catches up these are going to be gems that people look back on like i love that i got to get that close to the artist yeah amen that's what i'm here for so the ascension yes the ascension of a natural a natural (laughs) how did it come about um i had no plans to work on a project after the ep that i put out um that well, came for what reason because i didn't think i had anything else to say um i didn't think that i really was going to sing anymore after that project so like, ascension was, is like a done. very strong second wind oh yeah okay um and that 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 second wind came off of finally finding someone to help um which is with uh my ex-manager keely okay um she saw me at an open mic on my birthday. I was just there with a few people and I was like, okay, I'll sing a little bit. And then she came up to me afterwards and was like, what are you doing? I love how you're a modest <laughs> bow. I'm going to sing a little bit. And I really, I, I didn't want to sing. I was just there because the people brought me out. They was like, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be over here. Like, but um, she was like, what are you doing with your music? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's out. <laughs> but she's like, who do you have working with you? And I'm like, I don't have anybody working with me. She's gotcha. like, you need to be working. And so I was like, well, I, I just put out an EP. You know, I'm working that right now. There's a couple things going on. And then things started to open up, like the Independent Music Awards, winning two awards, um, opening up for, for T-Pain. Congratulations like, on all those. Yeah. Thank you. These, these things were things that I never thought would ever happen for me. Mm. And I was like, okay, what is going on right now? Like, I seem to be rising and I'm not doing anything to help the rise. <laughs> like, right. What's going on? So it almost was like, I literally felt Jerry's telling me, like, dude, you're doing something. Keep, mm-hmm. keep doing this. And I've written a couple of songs, but I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. These are just dope songs, and I don't know what's going to happen. So at first I was like, well, I'm just going to throw these out there and see if people like them. But then I didn't. And I was like, you know, I don't want to waste these songs. Mm. And then I started writing. And then after a year, some change, like I had a whole album. And I was like, okay, so let's do this for real now. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got with you. <laughs> and I was like, make me look nice and put me in the video. Yeah. Let's get it done. I and, still feel like yeah. I have that, um, that honor. Like it's one of those things like, uh, outside of being an artist, like when I, when I get into director photographer mode, mm-hmm. it's like, I have this thing where I'm like, yes, I'm working with quality. Like this is everything I'm doing is like, this feels solid. Like it has a nice backbone to it. Mm-hmm. And you're one of those artists that always, when I link up, I feel like we're doing with reason we're doing it for purpose yes and it has substance yeah yeah, yeah at yeah. the end of the day yeah yeah so that's and, definitely and dope this project specifically is the first time that i did not produce the whole thing um and i also had all male features on the project mm-hmm. and i wanted to really like kind of bring back a, a masculine energy to music okay that i felt was being lost no shade 
in the Me Too movement, I feel like the masculine energy was being lost in music. Okay. And it's not to, to knock women, but it was just mm-hmm. like, we out here too. Like the ones of us that actually respect y'all, we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's put that on a pedestal. So you're thinking point. more like the romanticism of the R&B movement? Like you mm. feel like it, it lost a little bit yeah, of that? Yeah, because I felt like it was like a men ain't shit movement. Mm. And, but it's like, <laughs> but we need both of us. Like let's right. not let people come in and divide us. We need each other. Gotcha. So I wanted to really write from the male perspective on a lot of things. Um, but also again, like I said, you know, um, I had a, a lot of dope producers. I was able to secure a production from Focus. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dr. Dre's producer. Um, and I think it's Which some that of my beat best is work. so dope. Yeah. Circle. The song is dope. You know. <laughs> I just love how the drums come in on that. Yeah. It's like that chug, like. That yeah, drives man. When I you, when you that. presented that record, yeah. no lie, like I just I kept going back into the email. I kept playing it, <laughs> yeah, because it had this airy atmosphere. Like it it's really different. made you float, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had never heard anything like it before, so that's why I was like, I have to have this. Mm-hmm. And luckily, he let me have it. So, and when you said we were shooting the video, I was like, oh man, man. man. and that's I think one of our best works to date. Oh yeah, it's definitely my best visual so yeah. far. Um. Yeah, the album is out. Um, I'm still pushing it. I got an- another single dropping tomorrow from the album called Elevated, mm. which is like my favorite song because I get I love the way that I can sing it. Mm-hmm. So tell like, them tell tell them what you told me on the phone the other day when we were uh, setting this all up, where you were like the thing that you're, it's kind of clashing right now. What's that production standpoint on Elevated? Oh, huh. uh, somebody released the album last week that used the same sample. Yeah. <laughs> Can't we know uh, who that is? It was Janae Eco. Damn and, it, Janae. Uh, she has a song on there called BS with yeah. uh, her. Have and you ever seen the Spider Man meme? Your songs are looking at each other like that. Yeah. Is that the one with Big Sean on it? No. No, okay. no, no. Because no, I like no, that no. song. What was it called? No, it's called BS. BS. Yeah. BS. And shout out to Janae Eco. The album is dope. Yeah, yeah. It just surprised me, but I found out that it was a royalty free sample. Yeah, yeah. So anybody could use it. That's the thing about yeah. it now. We have we have programs like Splice and stuff that And that's where they got it from. Yeah. Mm. Splice. So yeah. um so mine came out first, y'all. Like I wrote that song last year. I like your version a lot better, and that's not just to like gas you because we know you. It's mm. just like if we're playing one record compared to the other, yours has a lot more drive. Yeah. Mm. So I'm dropping it officially as a single just to be petty. <laughs> And plus, we had a really dope photo shoot. Exactly. For it, right? The photos were really dope. So <laughs> yeah. those two, this is the first time, uh, too. Like, I, I love seeing progression. I love seeing comfortability levels come into someone's nature. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, way more comfortable now than I than I ever have been before yeah. as an artist. You, so. you, you've become the artist that... You, when we first did a couple shoots, you're like, you make me feel like an artist. And I always told you, you are an artist. Yeah. And now it's like, you just embody it. You didn't say anything last time. You were just like, I want you to shoot this like this. You were ready. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because when you were showing me some of the samples of the photos you, you shot with each other, uh, the first thing I said, I was like, he looks way more comfortable yeah. in front of the camera. He went into that lean. I said, okay. That, that's right. Mind you, the lean on hurt the, on the couch. The lean hurt because my, my it was my like leg, this table. Yeah, my yeah. leg don't do that on the regular. That but, Deadpool lean. Man. All you have to do is do this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was definitely an elevation of the whole process. I yeah, mean, yeah. that's what this whole project is about: ascending, elevating, taking it up to the next level. So I think that's such a beautiful and important word. And that was our first single together. Mm-hmm. We yeah. also had a track entitled uh, elevated. "Elevated." Yes. And there's something really elevation is a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. you know it's it, it should be part of our human. You, you know, should story. want to elevate yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, why sit on the bench when you can be Michael Jordan? 
Boom. Damn. Don't be the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> the Adam um, Sandler version? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Bobby Boucher. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we head out? Um, no, the album is out. It's called The Ascension of A Natural. I mean, it's yeah. everywhere. It's really dope. So if you yeah. like some good R&B, if you want some singing, yeah. it, it exists, out. y'all. Yes, it's here. <laughs> look, it's into that, look into that camera right there. Tell them where they find you, where you they can't find you. Okay, so you can find me everywhere at A Natural Forever. So the website is anaturalnumber4ever.com. Mm. All my social media is anaturalnumber4ever. So real easy for you. On Go Twitter. Home. Twitter, Instagram, Spotify. Do you still use Snapchat? Nah. Yeah, do I? And I was going to do TikTok, but I'm like, I'm good. Hmm. Yeah. I have a couple ideas for us for TikTok. I've been on the TikTok wave just examining it. And, and yeah. like, we, it's funny. These 36 year old me do not need to be on TikTok. Yeah. I thought the same thing, <laughs> but I see all these kids like doing all these dope yeah. shit. Like, yo, I got to come in and show these kids. Jay's, Jay's, Jay's been itching from a creative standpoint. I might try it one day. I am itching. But if y'all see me looking looking a mess, like, just tell me to stop. Okay. I really like I, I really kind of like where you left us off we're saying like you know you know don't sit on the bench when you have the chance to be Michael Jordan yeah if, do you want that to be your last words do you want to say anything else like words of encouragement yeah I mean or leave a gem I just want everybody to just be nice okay hmm. like being nice goes a long way and I, I know that sounds so trivial but mm -hmm. I've been finding out especially in today's world we're not nice yeah right and especially when it comes to music, like there's so many of us that are trying to do this that don't do it because people aren't nice to them. Hmm. Sean Stockman told me, he was like, I don't care how talented you are, but if you're not nice and people don't like you, they're never going to give you an opportunity. That's mm. very true. So just there be was, nice. Uh, Skit, one of our last few guests, well, our last guest, he told us there's two of three things that you would get from somebody mm. that you're either working with, working for. It's they're either really dope or you fuck with them as a person, the money is there, or what was the other one that he said? You want to have sex with them. That falls into the, okay. you like them a lot. No, <laughs> but basically there's two or three things that, that you're definitely always going to check off and there's never no. all three. No. So I definitely, I can, I fuck with that. Yeah, so. Just be nice. Just yeah. be nice. No, it that, takes that, nothing to be nice. That's beautiful because honestly, um, that's something that even now, like <laughs> the coronavirus is winning because people are not considerate yeah and that has to do with niceness and feeling feeling situations out be nice and wash your hands yes <laughs> and your ass and your ass <laughs> your ass stop touching your face <laughs> yeah well with that right, said man. um it's been a beautiful time together yeah man this was dope. we yeah. could be here all day yeah episode but, you know. 33 mm -hmm. Here with A Natural. It's been yes, the Terrible sir. Reception Podcast. We do this all the time. I don't yes. know if you're tuning in enough to. I'm tuning in somewhat. Okay. Still got a day job. So you know. <laughs> so you know. That's where you got to listen to it. That's yeah. where most people listen to it. We always have our saying. We're gonna hit them with the intro and the outro, and then we hit them with a wha bam. So mm -hmm. you ready to do it? Okay. So you look into that camera. Say we're gonna hit them with the intro and the outro. Wha bam. bam. We're gonna do that together. You ready? Okay. And that's how we send off every episode. Three, two. two. One. We're, We're gonna, gonna hit him in the, the intro and the, the outro. What bam? One. Play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5.